Welcome to The Tingles, the musical game show podcast where two self-proclaimed musical experts, myself, Bob Mills, and my brother from another mother, Mike McDonald, Hello. judge the stories of songs that give our contestants the warm fuzzies, the nostalgic shivers, the adrenaline advantage, the somber slap, sensual sensation. Okay, Bob, I think you get the point. Coming up on this week's episode. Every now and then a band comes along and it makes me feel uh, like a teenager again. I get, I get it. Wow. You know, it's like, it just, it's just all there. Which songs will make us all tingly and feel goody and get added to our playlist? And which songs will face the dreaded thumbs down? Find out on this week's episode of The Tingles. Welcome, everybody, to The Tingles. I am your co-host, Bob Mills, and I'm here with my brother from another mother, who is actually, I say this all the time, a brother from another mother because we're brother-in-laws. Right, Mike? That is correct. That's our That's our. I didn't choose you, but we are brother-in-laws. I certainly didn't choose you, but things are going okay. We, are, we, um, we tolerate think, each other. Yeah, I mean, you eat way too much of the stuffing on Thanksgiving dinners, but yeah, that's okay. That's true. We won't worry about that too much. Um, we're here to steal some more music, right? This is another Can't wait. What have we been doing? This is a, the, another one of our showdown throwdown musical. Hell um, no, we won't slow downs. Exactly. And we're, we're here to listen to some, some jams of other people so that we can mm-hmm. pawn them off as our own. Exactly. And as soon as things open up and we're actually allowed to go out and socialize, we're going to sound so smart and so musically savvy when we're taking all these great songs to parties and saying, Hey, look at this great artist that I discovered and please don't listen to episode 14 of our show. <laughs> I just, I, <laughs> I pictured you standing next to the record player at a party and like leather pants, just like looking around at everybody. Being the usual. Like, Check this song out. Yeah. I just found it's been like the Fonz, you know, like I just the... pound on the jukebox and it automatically plays my song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Here comes the rain again. <laughs> just, just looking so good. Looking so good. Well, listen, we won't steal too much of this time. Cause we got some, We've got some pretty, you know, musical uh, dudes on the show who've got who've got a background together, um, and I'm pretty excited to to do the introductions. Do you want to go through what the format of the show is, uh, Mike? Before I do that, yeah. So for anybody who's new to the show, and and for our guests, our allegedly famous guests who are on the show, can't wait to hear them. Uh, <laughs> we have a, a format where by you'll bring some songs and play your songs. You'll tell us a little bit about why your songs give you the feels or the tingles. Um, And Bob and I will listen to those songs and decide if they are um, tingle worthy um, for us and if they will make our playlists. Uh, And that's a big thing. You know, we don't have gifts to give you um, for being on the show, but just having your song added to one of our playlists, that should be, uh, you know, a gift enough. I thought the producer was getting gifts. Well, he was supposed to, but apparently all that um, ad money is going into a trust fund somewhere <laughs> offshore that he has. Sable Island. He's got the, a little box buried out there with all the cash in it. <laughs> the only ad we've got so far is for Beep, which uh, those guys uh, must owe us some money. Papaginos. Are, oh, Papaginos. Yeah, Papaginos. Yeah. Um, there's some pretty good, pretty good commercial advertising. I don't know that we've made much money off of Papaginos, seeing as they went out of business about 20 years ago. But <laughs> free, if free, they restart... I think I think the Free Valley parking took them down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did way too much Free Valley parking. Yeah. You can't just give that shit away. You got to be charging. C- Cindy, Papagino Cindy parked the car for you. She met you at the door. Hey, I'm Cindy and drove the car down the back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, 
anyways, let's get let's get to the good stuff. We're gonna introduce a couple a uh, couple rock stars here. Uh, I think we're gonna start with a a, a fellow named uh, John Mullane. John Mullane is uh, a Juno nomination, Much Music Video Award nomination, multiple East Coast Music and Music Nova Scotia Award winning human who has grown his band In Flight Safety from a small town art project to the world stage. From David Bowie's email, email endorsement in the early days to some iconic film and TV placements, European tours, and radio play on the BBC, John has kept busy since day one. We got to get back to that David Bowie email endorsement in a second. Mm. We're going to go there shortly. Um, John's fascination with music making was born the day the Mullane family acquired its first home synthesizer in 1987. John, you were like seven. By 17, he was recording his own songs on a four-track cassette recorder. And shortly thereafter, inspired by bands like Seeger Rose, his attention turned to a cinematic brand of rock music that led him to form In Flight Safety, which is one of the Maritime's best Brit rock, I call them Brit rock, bands that have ever come out. I think it's probably the best. Um, John, welcome to the show. And it's wonderful to have you. You, are, I didn't mention this, but we should mention you are now a dad. You are, you have escaped your daddom for the night to spend some time with us. I sure have. <laughs> and and how's I, that going? You've got your tea. You're you're still awake. Got my tea. Got my my uh, tiny can of Pepsi. Um, should have brought a beer, I suppose. Now I get the vibe now that I should have done that. Always but, welcome. Uh, Always yeah, welcome. No, it, it's good. Um, nice to be doing something social with you guys. Let's go to uh, your competition uh, for the evening, Jim Cunningham. Jim Cunningham, I think you know him, John, quite well. But uh, (laughs) Jim's bio is is a little bit chiller than yours. Yours was impressive. uh, But Jim's is straight to the point. A self-described, sanctimonious, corporate trademark lawyer, music obsessive, (laughs) and good friend to many. And actually, I should say, a street fighter king i don't know what that means but there was something in there about street fighting uh jim welcome to the show were you a ryu guy or a ken guy neither who no who i was a i was a vega 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 boy vega. turbo yeah turbo <laughs> turbo oh so, shit okay so we, all right we hit up uh i was lucky enough as a young lad to uh be able to hit up consumers distributing down in uh, bangor maine okay and uh <laughs> Was able to pick up a cartridge that read uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo, where you could use Vega, and I I couldn't be beat. Oh, it sounds like uh, it sounds like you were very very good, but it, I think you and John had a healthy uh, competition. Was there a healthy competition, or was it pretty lopsided on your part? Were you winning most of those battles? I don't know. Maybe I should let John uh, state kind of where he thinks we left things off. John, <laughs> do you want to do you want to pipe in on this? Because like, were you throwing shurikens or what was going on back <laughs> sure then? Sure, you can. Hadouken, <laughs> Hadouken. You check the pitch of those. And those are pretty good, actually. They, that's um, exact sixteen pitch. bit. I think you have that's, them. That's the pitch. Um, yeah. No, I have it memorized because that was half of that was my entire high school. I didn't as a kid. Yeah, I didn't really guitar and Street Fighter two. I didn't know that you could. You know, people dated people and stuff. Um, and went to school. No, I didn't do much of that. <laughs> Not much of that either. <laughs> Yeah, well, Jim and I have a, a rivalry, a long-standing Street Fighter II rivalry. I'm a Chun Li person. Uh, <laughs> Chun Li was was deadly when used right. 
Yes. Yeah. Um, I have no recollection of losing, but Jim feels the same way. So it's, I think it's the, uh, the blue and brown dress thing or gold and blue dress. Yeah. Was a solid outfit. Was a solid outfit. And I, and I was thinking about this uh, tonight. I was like, oh, you know, Street Fighter. Was anybody using Dalsum? But it doesn't sound like. The, I don't think Dalsum was. No, a, nobody yeah. was. Nobody you know was. what? I saw some kids uh, use them in, in the arcade. Some like really, really talented players. Yeah, yeah, I think you. I think Dalsum's like the 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 guy that nobody could use as well as they. You know, if you use yeah. Dalsum well, his yeah. arms were arms and legs were so long. Yeah, he should be able to beat everybody. <laughs> Anyways, we've talked about, enough about Street Fighter <laughs> for the Good music stuff. fans that are that are going to come in. Tell us the connection between the two of you humans. Yeah, that started in uh, I think that was two thousand six, and uh, I was kind of casting about, and I I I'd been touring in my own band and um what, was, know, what band was that uh it was a band called reels out of halifax we we, we were kind of a, a fast burning um little spark you know we did a, we did two <laughs> canadian tours and had a lot of fun and and um that's that's all that i wanted out of the band so yeah. that was like 2004 2005 nice. maybe mm-hmm. yeah and um you know i was kind of watching the uh, trajectory that uh, john and his band were were, were were taking especially with the some some newfound um, attention from some individuals that were quite instrumental for them. And um, it was hard not to kind of, you know, um, keep my eye on it because John and I would always been close, especially went to Mount A together and played in a band at that time. Um, and uh, yeah, they just, we kept in contact and I just, I just went on the road one time with them and uh, I sold merch for them. I think it was at Edgefest, John. Yes, Edgefest in Toronto. Yeah, and I just, it was, it was kind of that, and I think John will agree with me, it was kind of almost the end of sort of the way that I prefer bands to sort of be where there's there's kind of, for lack of a better term, this really nice rock star element to it, and sort of this untouchability, for lack of a far better word, where I remember driving across this bridge, um, and there were all these fans um, just kind of losing their mind and just excited all the bands kind of, you know, driving to the stage. And I thought, this is just so cool. Um, and I tour managed the band from that point forward, right up till 2011. So you guys spent some serious time together. Uh, yeah, we were, we're very intertwined with uh, our story. And, and Jim and I had played music together back in Moncton and, and at Mount A when I was in Sackville. And we were always scheming. And uh, so the relationship uh, came about quite naturally. And we, uh, yeah, we traveled the world together. I think we, looking back on it, it's... Uh, very lucky to have had that experience and especially together. Very much so. Very much so. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. Some of the finest, finest of my days. And, and it's Jim, all over now. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> it's all it's over all downhill, now. buddy. We're all, we're all zooming. This is as far as we get this to travel. Out of yeah. our house. Uh, yeah. Jim, Jim, like uh, I, I just find it fascinating too. Like for someone like yourself who was in bands and like doing that thing to go into sort of like more of a management position. What was like the, the mindset behind that where you like obviously wanted to be a part of it and, and in flight had momentum. I remember I remember like being hearing about the momentum, obviously hearing the music from in flight and stuff like that. What was that experience like? Well, I, I, I wanted to get into that rather. I, I had my fun playing and um, you know, I, I, I sort of experienced the thrill of the stage if you want to call it that, but I, I'm more into um, helping others make their projects work. I like the idea of a real big challenge and kind of, um, you know, trying to kind of, I'm going to sound like a, 
you know, a high school kid's uh, ledger here with all the inspirational quotes on it. But I like trying to sort of achieve kind of the, this, this, these impossible tasks, you know, um, with very limited resources, pushing something across a finish line, you know, and it was really attractive to kind of come out from behind a drum kit and travel with these guys and, and, and have all those sort of fringe benefits in terms of meeting a ton of new people who remain amazing friends today, traveling all over the world. And I don't know, um, I got all of that and I got to sort of help make it work. Um, I just love that in every element from, you know, routing to uh, high, like, you know, getting teams on board to, I mean, everything except front of house, um, yeah. you know, and I just, I just loved it. And I loved, and I still love being the person that, um, and I think it's perhaps why I'm in the profession I am now. I like having the buck stop with me because frankly speaking, I think that I'm the best at what I do. And I think I always have been. And I, I, I learned, I learned the job. Um, you know, the guys taught me a little bit and the road taught me, but I liked the buck stopping with me. So if there was any B U L L S H I T, it, you it can swear as much as you want. I'm going to swear. Okay. All the time. It just, it doesn't go past me. And I love that. And I was yeah. able to protect a band and a crew of guys that I, I loved. So cool. Yeah. So much cool. better than playing for me personally. Yeah. 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 And John, like yeah. for me, like, I'm just going to be, uh, totally um i mean i i think i would have been starstruck a long time ago talking to you guys because the kind of music that i loved and was so into at that time was something that you guys were doing really really well and i remember just sort of being around being like fuck these guys are doing it here and there was momentum and the songs and the singles were coming out and the videos were coming out and um was there momentum to think holy shit, we could be like the next biggest band on the planet because you guys had that sound. I mean, it never felt like we were going to be that big because frankly, we didn't have the resources. And Jim and I have had this conversation a thousand times in the van. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You could feel it. You could feel how the music, I think, you know, I'll, I'll say this, and I, and I feel like this is honest and I'm pretty realistic too. The music itself, I think, could have gone wherever. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm taking this from my anecdotes that I've taken from fans over the years who just would sit there and grab you after a show and be like, why aren't you guys on a bigger stage? Sure, and you know, yeah. once you hear that a thousand times or let's say 500 times, just to kind of be more realistic, um, you start to go, yeah, I think if we had a little more resources, we would have pushed it further or had, you know, better production early on and, and the money um, to afford that production and, and, and mixing and all that stuff. We had to do a lot of stuff ourselves when we started much like every other maritime band who yeah, doesn't have right. a label or manager. Yeah. Um, so the things we achieved were kind of um, extra special because we didn't have uh, the management that a lot of other local bands that did well had, like Matt Mays or Winter Sleep. We were independent from the from day one, and having achieved that felt pretty sweet. Uh, but yeah, I, I certainly I've always felt I'd always felt that the music had somewhere to go, and that was the thing we only the only thing we really cared about was the songs. The songs were were king in our band. It wasn't about you know the chaos after the show and the, and, and the circus of touring, it was always about the songs. So if we weren't serving the songs, we'd get pretty frustrated with where we were playing or where we were in our career. And maybe they weren't sounding good on stage that night and we'd get frustrated uh, or they weren't going as far as we thought they should. So yeah, that, that's, uh, that's kind of the, that was the vibe in the band. I think it still remains quite true to me today. I still feel that way about the band and the songs, but yeah, proud of everything, but it was hard to get further than we did. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure your story is 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 familiar to to a lot of other really talented bands, but uh, it's uh, you know, and and all the bands you you listed off there, you know, that's what was resonating with me at the time, and and I think that's what I was I was appeal like the appealing thing was like, oh man, these guys are making the kind of music that that I love, and they were doing it here, and so that was inspiring because I hadn't heard that come out of this region before. So, anyways, it's it's uh. It's exciting to have you guys here. I, I look forward to digging deeper into all that fun stuff as we get into the show. But uh, Mike, what are we going to do? What's what's up next on the agenda? Are we are we going to anyone? Are we throwing to anyone in particular to start this music uh, battle off? Yeah, well, let's get the showdown underway. And why don't we start with Jim? Okay, so my first song is. Um, everyone will know it. It's from the Moulin Rouge um, soundtrack. It's uh, Lil' Kim. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I was ready for it. I was ready for it. <laughs> no, what it is, is it's a song. And, and, and just as a little bit of a preface here, um, if I may, um, I had the pleasure of sort of producing this, uh, or producing, putting together this, this uh, show for Matt's Nowhere FM channel um, about a year ago, I guess, almost a year ago. And it was um, a, a radio show about an hour and a half long of this very kind of content, um, you know, sort of, it was about songs that just give you the tingles. And I can't tell you how many times I, I used sort of like raising the hair on the back of my neck sort of thing. And it was a collection of all my favorite songs and why. So um, this was a really exciting little request from Matt to be on this. You know, I thought this is exactly the stuff that I want to talk about. Um, and so to start off, I, I wanted to choose something old and then something new just to sort of not dwell in the past too much. But Starting with something old is a song by a Dublin, uh, Dublin, Ireland artist named Joe Chester. And it's, it's called the drop of rain. It's from his first album from 2005. Um, and the reason that I chose this tune, um, and this is actually somebody that uh, John had the good fortune of meeting. Um, I've never met him, but I've always fanboyed over him. Um, uh, John, you met him in Ireland, I think, uh, with the Ruby Taillights. Yeah, I, and, I I would have guessed you're going to pick the song if I had to put it in an envelope. <laughs> yeah, and that, yeah, we're, we're, I think we it's can probably one. guess, you know, each of our songs. But um, the reason I chose it is that on one of the very first tours that I did with the in-flight safety guys, I just remember, um, you know, a long drive, likely through Northern Ontario, that so many bands have kind of um, have done and 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 you know talked about at length. They've all got their own tales, and I remember kind of sleeping on a, on a, on a bench in a 15 passenger van that they, they were driving at the time. And it was a, you know, I, I think everybody was kind of feeling a little bit depleted. It was a longer tour. And um, I remember waking up from a nap and you have that, I don't know if you get this way when you nap um, and you wake up and I feel like it's the time that I spent napping is cells in a film that an editor has cut out. So when I, when I wake up, I'm like, I'll never get that back. And I feel weird about not having been awake during the day to do something or hear something or experience something. So much needed nap. But when I feel, when I wake up, I feel like I, um, I lost something um, irrevocably. And I remember waking up and somebody was driving and it was raining and pouring and the, the wipers were going back and forth. And this song, the sort of, um, 
the outro to this song. Um, it's this really beautiful uh, piano melody that just goes on and on and on. That happened to be on when I woke up and it sort of, it, it, it was completely indelible on my brain. It's just, it's never left. I remember waking up and it just, it matched the cadence of that time and how I was feeling perfectly. Um, and it kind of encapsulated, you know, my love and, and, and kind of longing for constantly touring and constantly being on the road. It always felt like, and I think it, it was one of my favorite times in life. And this is why I chose the song because it reminds me of how much I was an island and we were an island and that you weren't home anywhere. You were just, you're pulling into cities and towns and you were there for a night or two and then you were gone and you made your friends and you made your memories and then you were gone. There was no commitment to anybody. There was no, there were no promises. It was just, I'm here and now I'm gone and I loved it, but it lent, it lent itself to this sort of despondent kind of feeling. Um, but the other thing that it, it, it always makes me think of this song is that in touring, you know, you were that island um, you always had the per you always had a perfect memory in your mind of the people that were back home and the things that you wanted to do and to me it was the it was just life was always perfect um, and so this song encapsulates that just the melody um, the 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 speed the tempo the words um, how forlorn the song sounds at times it captures that time in my life absolutely absolutely perfectly so that's why I chose it that's why it gives me the tingles because it is. I don't know. It's a casket song. Um, somebody can throw the MP3 in my uh, casket when I die. We know what Johnny's thinking. That was a drop of rain by Joe Chester. I've never heard it. John, it's over to you for insight on that song. It sounds like you guys have been listening to that together. Well, listen, we uh, we had this residency in Ireland back in the day. Um, Inflight was there for about a month and a half. And I ran into a few local bands, as you would. And one of the bands is called the Ruby Taillights. And they're just incredible. Kind of a Bell and Sebastian-y. Um, the closest I can think of anyway, comparison. And Joe Chester had produced their record. So we stumbled into their release show, which was like, just like you would go, Bob, uh, to see a, a show in Halifax, like friends and family and a few fans, like barely anyone there. We sat yep. cross-legged on the floor in a pub in Ireland, literally no different than a show in Halifax, <laughs> where, where really no one turns up, just a few people. Yeah, and we watched yeah. them play this record. And Matt Matt will be jealous because I know Matt loves this record too. Um, you know, we listened to the record front to back and Joe Chester played in the band he played so he played acoustic to kind of fill out the sound from the record and that's where i met those guys and we just we met them at a record store and then went to the show and I, and that was probably one of the best shows i've ever seen and so uh, as such that that record and then joe chester's solo records entered our sphere like like a well i hate using this comparison it's timely but like a virus kind of spread from me out to, to all our friends and now we have friends all over the world uh you know a handful who just uh, swear by that that joe's records and and uh, I've even told Joe this, I'm sure, by a message. Um, we're not we're not close by any means, but I'm an acquaintance of his from from just keeping in touch off and on the odd time. Uh, 
yeah, that's the long and short of it. And that song, it, I love that song. And hearing that song makes me think of driving in at night. Uh, we know in Northern Ontario, you can start to see the Northern Lights a little bit. It just killed me that John got to meet him, you know, and he's an acquaintance of his, he says. And, you know, I tried to make him an acquaintance too. And I think <laughs> I, I, I M'd him on Facebook, like back in 2008 or something, just to be like, I just... Was it MySpace or Facebook? <laughs> and I'm like, I just, I love your music so much. I want you to know exactly what it means. I wasn't trying to be long-winded and I think he blocked my account <laughs> because when I would search his name, it wouldn't come up. It would say, Oh, this account doesn't exist. So I'm quite jealous of John's. Um, oh, uh, listen, don't overstate my relationship with Joe Chester. I think John uh, was actually running his Facebook account at the time. So he was just, <laughs> yeah, they were that close. It sounds like my relationship with the producer. Yeah, you know, I yeah. try to, send him messages and he just blocks me. <laughs> I have to go through his executive assistant's executive assistant. <laughs> There's so many executive assistants. Yeah. But I think uh, just uh, to pick up on what John was saying, like, I think the, the, the piece that I've always focused on that's always been my favorite has just been that last, that outro with that beautiful, like John, what would you describe the, the, the piano? Like the, those beautiful. It's just, a, it's just that piano melody and it's just reverb really. It's just reverb yeah. and a little bit of processing, but it's, uh, it's got a pad that synth pad creates yeah. that kind of almost that like eighties nostalgia. Yeah. Um, I won't go too geekery here. I don't know what the level of geekery you want from me here, but, uh, that piano melody is incredible. As much geek as you want. Okay. Yeah, geek it out. <laughs> um, the piano melody really does it for me. That, uh, counter melody that comes in between there. And there's a little moment there that I know you love too. And it's, it's just, I think it's, it's tingles for me because um, it, it, I just remember this feeling and it, there's this vulnerability that I felt and it was just being overtired, but being overjoyed that that's what I got to spend my twenties doing is traveling with people that I loved. And, you know, I had no debt. I had no demands on my time. It was just Every day was just a new feast for like my brain and my body. And it was awesome. So that's tingles forever and ever. Beautiful. Michael. Um, beautiful song. Really, really like that song. Uh, I was trying to figure out um, in the outro and, and actually through the, the chorus, uh, whether the sort of the, the counter melody that was running to him singing was a vocal or whether it was uh a synthesizer or a guitar or maybe a guitar and a synthesizer and a vocal along with it all sort of meshed together. But I really liked the way that that played off from the, the chorus. And then it, it was in the intro and then it was all through the outro as well. Um, probably my favorite part of the song lyrics. Great. Love the lyrics in that song as well. Really strong lyrics. And I can see that song having a certain feeling. It's almost like a sitting back, watching the sunset, having a drink and, and, cuddling with someone and, and uh, just that sort of relaxed feeling is what I get from that song. Just a really nice kind of uh, laid back vibe from that song, but the lyrics are really, really great and uh, great choice. Thumbs up for me. Love it. Yeah. I mean, um, Mike, can you, uh, did you say you would cuddle with somebody to that song? Uh, yeah. Maybe we, okay. Are you interested oh, or no? I mean, maybe if you know, if we have a if we have a good uh, good cottage night, you know, those beautiful <laughs> lights, and you know, we can sit out together and listen to the. Anyways, we make memories. Yeah. We make memories. We make memories to that. I think make memories that's, of that song. that's what I picked up from like even Jim and John when you guys were talking about that. I think that is so key to all of this. Like that nostalgia is like, where was I when I heard this the first time, and it was perfect, right? If you're driving down the road, you people behind you, and like. 
the 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 mood of that like the hip there's like this hypnotizing um repeating vocal line that comes in at the beginning and then again sort of comes through the back end uh and then is combined with that synthesizer um sort of pad which i don't know it's just like a lush tapestry on the whole thing and what what struck me about the song and maybe about like you know you mentioned the tempo before we played it but like it's not rushed at all so it it feels like it's just like this song's going to take as long as it needs to take and that is exactly how long it should take it's getting an upvote for me for sure um i really really enjoyed it i i can't wait to hear the record because it sounds like the record's amazing and i did a quick search and it was like there's like people saying this was like the best record of the year and multiple fives out of fives so um, it's, you know, when you, when you uncover those kind of things, it's, it's great. And, uh, I look forward to, yeah, it feels like a real good driving song. So pumped. That was great. Great. Uh, great choice. Awesome. So the producer has tabulated the number numbers, Jim, and you'll be happy to hear that that song was rated 8.75 out of 10. Very happy. Oh, snap. When you feel a tear in your eye, you get burning, then it's okay. It's okay to cry. John, what can you do to defend yourself? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone say something about, uh, you know, no one's a bigger music fan than me. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's, not, that's not who I am. Yeah, uh, exactly. I'm having trouble trying to be competitive about this because we just listen to so much music together. But... Um, here we go, Jim. I'm going to hit you back with the most aggressive sound I can think of, which is Yonzi from Cigaros. It's coming down to the decimal points, and Yonzi's going to take it over. Uh, I, I I have to do a little. Um, I'm I want to talk about Cigaros because they uh, they completely changed my life uh, in terms of uh, as a musician. I guess I'll say um, spiritually as well. They definitely changed my life. But uh, I fell in love with Cigaros and then worked imminently for three years to copy the guitar that. Not the boat sound, but the reverb guitar sound, which you can hear on on our first EP, Vacation Lands, where I kind of stumbled onto a version of that reverb. Like, oh, you can put on reverb at 10 and make that a thing, right? Because people weren't doing that in Canada. And um, so, yeah, all this to say that I, I, I was so obsessed with uh, the sound and trying to approximate that otherworldly sound um, that he was doing with the reverb on that guitar. And that ended up, an approximation of it, I'll say, ended up on our first record and kind of became part of our sound, and it stuck for most of um, most of our career. So I fell in love with that otherworldly sound. You're talking about that Joe Chester song, and and that's that thing that you were wondering about, Mike, is a vocal. Um, it's just like process with some distortion, and there's something about. And I just had this thought while we were listening to that song, and then I'm connecting it to Sigarosi. There's something about like oohs and ahs, or uh, we we all know that you know Sigarosi doesn't sing in any particular language. There's something about the ambiguity of the oohs and ahs that can just cause you to feel something um, that isn't uh, prescribed, which is why I've always loved bands like that who don't force you a lyric like "Here's my poetry." And I've been very averse to a lot of bands over the years who I won't name because it's, it's completely uh, subjective um, to their sort of poetry that is aggressive to me. And I've always liked the restraint in Cigarose, the restraint in bands like Doves, putting your vocal back a bit because you did need it to be upfront. And I know Jim and I talked about this at length over the years, and that's the kind of 
thing that we've we've connected on for sure. I'm not saying I like all my music to be that way, but that can that sort of restraint and that abstraction can create, I feel, more emotion and allow you to feel more part of it than being instructed, listen to this, I'm going to sing this, and this is how we're going to do this song. So I feel like Sigarose is a perfect segue into that concept of providing like a vocal that is more instrumental and does kind of weave and you're not necessarily hear, hearing all the words. Think about Bonnie Iver, same thing. You don't really know what he's saying, but he's getting at something that that feels more truthful to me than when someone's reading what I've come to say pejoratively, like dorm room poetry, I don't care for. Um, it, some people do it well, but I just don't care for it. So I like this ambiguity in, 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 in just getting at the lyrics. You can hear them, you're just getting at them. And this Yonzi song is in English. So it's from his solo record. And there's something about the majesty. So when he combined the majesty and the rhythmic elements, which weren't present in Sigarose, it just really floored me. Um, so we know we all know Sigarose is a six, seven minute song, and it's going to be mallets on the toms, and you're you're gonna you have to really go deep with it and and ride it through. So something about when he did the solo stuff and added this verve, this kind of pop element, but it's all done with layers of percussion. It really just combine two worlds I love, which was pop music and then that majesty and etherealness of Sigur Rose. So this song has always meant a lot to me. Um, it played us off at our wedding when, when we got married um, at the ceremony. It played us off. And uh, there's something about how he could make you feel like transport you to some other dimension, which is not possible any other way than through his music. So here we go. This is Jonesy. Excellent song, Jim. What did you think? A bit of trivia before I tell you what I think. Um, okay. Man of many talents, and uh, you know I needed cash at the time, and so uh, I emceed that wedding of John and oh really <laughs> and his uh, beautiful wife Allison, and I remember that song playing them off. I think I got to do a shouting match with an overzealous maitre d that night. Um, <laughs> Over that lot. song? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I'm on completely on side with John that. Jo was that from Jonesy's first solo record, John? Uh, I think so. I think okay. So, yeah. And so uh, I think that was what I call close to cutoff for me in terms of Jonesy. Um, I love that tune just because I, I sort of fit it to the same time period that John does. Um, and I completely agree with him. We think the same way about sort of, um, you know, intuitive lyrics um, as opposed to something like, you know, Sigur Rose or Jonesy that um, it, it, it's much more abstract. And so it, it leaves, I think what John was saying, it leaves much more space for you to inhabit it and kind of um, derive your own meaning. So um, I love the song. Um, I haven't heard it that many times, but perhaps that attests to how good I think it is that, you know, the melody and everything came immediately back to me. Um, so yeah, uh, I think that's a, an, an awesome pick and I'm completely on side. Are you looking for a thumbs up? If you'd like to give one, <laughs> is that a thumbs up? You know what? Yeah. I've got to give that one a thumbs up. Yep. All right. Great. 
Robert Mills, tell us. Uh, yeah, it's sort of, I mean, Jonesy for me is an extension of, you know, Seagaros, but there's a moodiness in Seagaros that, uh, that is always apparent and Jonesiness and, and it's not happiness. It doesn't feel like happiness as much. And Jonesy's just sort of like, it feels like he just sort of takes the brakes off. And I'm, I'm with you guys on, on the lyric thing. I've never been big on, um, you know, I'm never, I'm not a big lyric person. So like when I hear a song for the first time, I'm not listening to the lyrics. Uh, and, and that's become apparent even on this show. Sometimes I'll pull the lyrics up so that I can like, like, like get into it. But when I first hear it, it's more about the music and, and way, the way things are playing off each other. And I think that's what's so beautiful about Jonesy is the, there's so many little intricacies to the way the reverb bounces off this and also hits this. And like that, the way it all sort of plays together is beautiful. Um, I also loved much like the song before the, the outro, uh, these long moments where it's like the song, you know, should be over by now, but they're, they're continuing this progression of strings, which feels really great. And it's almost like, you know, where the streets have no name with you too. It's got like, it's a way, the intro is way too long, right? But it feels really good. And it feels like it's not rushed. And I love that about this song as well. So yeah, for me, I'm I'm giving it a big, big thumbs up. I think um, there's another one on that record. I believe it's Go, Go, Go Do. Do. Yeah. It's also just incredible. Like, I mean, and there's a bunch on, on, on those Jonesy records, which... You know, it makes me want to go back and listen to more of that. But it's getting a thumbs up for me. These are some, these are definitely, um, I'm feeling them. Michael. So we, we've talked a number of times on the show about, um, I guess, aspects of songs that uh, can induce the tingles. Sometimes uh, it's something in the music. Uh, sometimes it is the lyrics for me anyway, more so than you, Bob. I think um, uh, lyrics can often do it for me. And that's one thing that I've always found unique about Sigur Rós for me is I enjoy them for the music because I have no idea what they're saying most of the time. Um, and we, we've had Sigur Rós on this show before. Uh, and I've said, I, I enjoy the music. I, I enjoy the, uh, the, the fact, like you said, that there is space there um, to kind of interpret the song on your own, but you're really absorbed in the music more so for me on those songs. Sometimes I wish I did know what they were saying. Having said that, this song tonight, I didn't like the fact that he was singing in English. It sort of seemed to take something away for me. I was expecting, you know, hearing his voice, expecting uh, something completely different, more um, erythral or something I, 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 that, that normally you'd associate with Sigaros. So I'm not sure I, I sort of dug the whole uh, English um, lyrics in the song. In the song, um, having said that, a couple of things I did enjoy about the song is first of all, a lot of times, especially when you take the lead vocalist uh, from a band and they go out and do a solo career or have a solo album, a lot of times it sounds just like the band that they came from. Um, the Killers, the lead singer from The Killers, we were talking about him, Brandon Flowers, right? Yeah. Um, we were talking about him on a previous show. I can't tell his solo stuff from his from the band from the killers it sounds exactly the same this is a little bit different though like bob said it 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 at least this song had a completely different vibe from a lot of the cigarro stuff a little bit more upbeat um because the lyrics were in english it was a little bit different uh and i really like the strings at the end of that um that's probably the tingle moment for me in the song 
is when I cut to that uh, piece with the strings at the end, uh, that's where it kind of um, kicked in tingle wise for me. So I was sort of on the fence of, uh, with this song until I heard that. And then that's what sort of pushed it over the edge for me. So I'm going to give it a thumbs up. So where do we stand, Mr. Producer? This song, it looks like, is going to have an average of 7.5 out Ooh. of 10 Ooh, on the okay. thumbs up scale. We've got, uh, that's going to get the, the happy sound. Let's hear it. When you feel a tear in your eye, then it's okay, it's okay to cry. It's just so exciting when he comes he comes and sings that to us. <laughs> um, guys, before we get into the next song, uh, Jim, obviously we're all music lovers here because otherwise we wouldn't be doing this shit. Um, um, when did you guys, I'm, I'm curious, I was thinking about this this week. When did you guys realize that you cared more about music than your other friends? <laughs> like your other buddies in your circles? When was it when you're like, oh shit, yeah. These guys are over here like playing video games all the time, but we're, we've got this other thing. When was that? Well, I think it, I, it, I think it's something that I've, I've realized kind of lately. And, and it, it, a lot of times, and it, you've probably experienced this too, where you, where you talk about, some of your favorite tunes, whatever you're listening to at the moment and your friends, your partner, um, whoever says only you kind of picks up on those kind of things in a song in terms of like, you know, weird chord progressions or um, stops and starts or these discordant melodies. And it, it kind of makes you almost though that you're, you're approaching the enjoyment of music from kind of this, you know, almost kind of this freak show, you know, where it's like, well, am I supposed to be enjoying it much more simply? I don't know. Um, but I think that uh, maybe, you know, an honest answer to that question will probably be probably right from the beginning. I wasn't, you know, I had friends that memorized the, the, the stats on, on sports pages before they went to high school. Yeah. yeah. Um, that wasn't, to me, I always thought that was weird. I get it. Awesome. You're into something as long as you're into something. But yeah, I think it was just, I was always obsessed with bands. I always had, I would become obsessed with bands for like two years at a time. And they would be absolutely everything to me. They'd be my entire life. I wouldn't talk about anything else. Um, and it just didn't seem like any of my, a lot of my buddies weren't doing that. I mean, it's, but every, everybody was enjoying stuff the way they wanted, but I definitely, I think it was, I knew early on that I was, I was quite obsessive um, and about some really weird music too. But uh, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Totally. What about you, John? I, it's a hard one to answer for me, I think the main reason is, um, I hope this doesn't sound whatever arrogant or something. It's just that I have dedicated my whole life to music. So when you've done something like that, it's hard to know where you, like where you stand with it. Yeah. It's like, if you, if you always play hockey, then how do you talk about when you like hockey? Um, it's really tricky. So for me, it's just, I had a devotion to music very early on and it, it never really stopped. It just got more obsessive. Now, that being said, my devotion is purest in its purest form is to songs. Not, you know, I do like geekery and I will, I can name the guitar player in Interpol or, you know, I know this stuff or who produced what Radiohead record. And I know that the ticket on the back and, and to your left on the wall is from the uh, Kid A and uh, Amnesiac era. That's very um, true. Um, just stuff like that because it's just, but it's not because I want to know that it's because I lived in music so long, um, as a, 
I guess a vo- not a vocation. What's the word? I, I guess that's that's the closest I can think of. It's like it's been an obsession that became my job. So I I find it hard to answer that, other than to say it's just always been something I knew I would I would never not do. So when I was a kid, I was always playing music, and and I and I and I guess I, another way to frame this is I was always out stay my friends when we we're playing guitar together i'd still be like you're done i'm still let's keep going <laughs> it's only 4 a.m yeah i would keep going or i and i was the guy who would like people were like we gotta go we're going hiking to fundy park and i'd be like i'm I've, i'm working on music by myself <laughs> in my bedroom and, and i was studying a lot of music like um in my early 20s when people were kind of at their peak go meet people and party not saying i didn't do some of that but i didn't do a lot of it because i was busy trying to figure out how Beatles records worked or Beach Boys records because I just thought I should. I, I didn't necessarily, you know, I would do weird things like that. I'd study. So I knew there's something wrong with me. <laughs> it's it's interesting. And there, it, I mean, listen, it, the, those who get a chance to do what they what they love for a living, mm-hmm. I mean, what could be better than that? And you, it seems like you're continuing on. I mean, even after InFlight, you're you're composing music and you're producing music for other artists, right? I mean, that's what that's, you had something in the yeah, Super Bowl sure, last week. For sure. Yeah, man. Um, I had uh, the good fortune of having an ad that I composed the music for actually just, I didn't know this was going to happen. It aired during the Super Bowl. And that was really cool. I got some messages from friends saying, cause I just talked about this thing like a couple of days before that I, yeah. had this, this Toyota ad, but yeah, I mean, I think I always knew that's where I was headed. It was a matter of like when the band didn't need tending to as much, I would, I've always been doing this on the side of being in the band as well, but like this sort of way it became natural that uh, I would end up in the studio and continue to write for other people. And, and I have found, which is kind of disconcerting. I have found that writing for others or for other applications scratches this almost the same itch as I did for writing for in-flight. Um, Interesting. I, I don't know if that's because I did in-flight for so long that I felt like I needed to rem- like, it's like when you have kids, you're like, thank God they're here because yeah. I'm tired of me. Yeah. And, uh, that really, ha- that really, that, ha- yeah. that really happened with, with in-flight. I was like, just, it's always me. Like, here's a song guys, check it out. What do you think? And it's my voice. I had to listen to it, edit it. And I just got a little bit overwhelmed with the me thing. So I think, um, where I've gone as a producer and a mixer, uh, and composer for, and I, I co-write with others. I really enjoy that. And it scratches the same itch. I don't feel the need to write my own songs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the odd time, I'm like, oh, I have an idea and I'll just scrabble it down and, and that's that. But uh, it's just funny how that's changed for me. Yeah. Uh, John, do you enjoy listening to others interpret your music? Very much so. Um, any of the cover songs I've heard of, of our, you know, there's not a ton, but there's there's a few uh, and, or people have just, sent me stuff that they've covered and on a, you know, privately on a, on social media or something and fully clothed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I won't say I, that. Uh, you're not on the right uh, sites. Okay, okay. <laughs> keep, keep I've really enjoyed that. And uh, one of the things that I realized from having our song, a song covered of something that I wrote was like, it had this, had this great uh, epiphany, which I wouldn't have had, had it not happened. And, and you realize like, Oh, this is not mine. I wrote it, but it just, it's just gone. It's gone from my purview. And and that, that was a real gift from having heard the first time someone covered us. I was like, oh, this is totally different than what I would do with it. But in some cases it's better in my opinion than what I did with it. So, yeah. Uh, sorry. Um, I feel compelled just because John and I have spent so much time together to sort of give a really quick anecdote about sort of the ardency about 
you know, um, with which John kind of has always listened to music and it definitely mirrors mine. But when we first met, um, I think, I don't know, I was 19. Um, I think John was 21. Mm-hmm. We were playing in a little band together and uh, he was up in his room. He had a room on the top level of this sort of student house and he had, you know, all his sound system set up at his computer and, and he was just completely bewitched with this record and I just had to hear about it. Right. So he's like, come on up after, you know, we're done. And so I went out and he's sitting in his room and he's like sitting in front of his computer and he goes, you got to hear this band. And it was the last broadcast by doves that, that, that record. And he just like totally gushed about it. And I mean, he put a track or two on and I was completely convinced. Um, it's been a lifelong um, love of that band. And when he was finished telling me about it and how much, you know, I needed to get this record, um, I just looked at him and I said, can I take that with me tonight? So can I rip it tonight? And I'll have it back to you tomorrow. And he said, and John, I'm, this is not a lie. He said, I can't let it go, man. I can't, I can't. And I'm almost, (laughs) I'm almost like reproducing verbatim here. He said, I can't go even one night without this record. (laughs) So basically it was like, no. And like, it was like, I love you, man but you can't borrow this record. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Yeah. Go Got get your it. own record. That sounds like me. Record. One of the things about touring in the early days, we, we toured like, we're not, we're not a band from the nineties. So we toured like early enough where we all had iPods, like from the day one, I think maybe there was a, a week or two where we had the CD player with the tape cassette and the thing. Um, but we had iPods, the iPod minis right out of the gate and the iPod nanos. But yeah. I remember like when we were staying with friends, we would spend so much. I would, I'll speak for me, Jim, probably too. I'd go through their whole CD collection while I was in their house and I'd have my laptop and I'd put, I'd rip off all the stuff I didn't have. Yeah. Because it wasn't like the internet was there, but it wasn't as easy to find everything um, as, as you would hope it would be. So I'd go through the kind of more local bands and I would just rip it all while I like, while we were staying at their houses and put the stuff back. Yep. Yeah. And and you've become a pretty big collector. Am I right in thinking that? Cause, cause we've, we had recordings that nobody else had. Oh, I, 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 if I, well, listen, Bob, I don't <laughs> have, I, it's funny with me in collecting. I just collect the stuff that means something to me. I don't have a thousand records. I have about 390. Okay. You know, okay. like yeah. some of that, most of the vinyl I have is sort of 2005 and beyond. Yeah. But like, I don't, I collect things that, that mean something to me. So if someone gave me a demo and I loved it, I have it. And Matt, yeah. when I met uh, your producer, Matt, he gave me a copy of some stuff he was working on. And I just, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. And it was your band at the time. I didn't know you, but I just, I'm like, I hang, I hung on to it and I listened to it. And when, when he asked me if I had a copy of this, I'm like, yeah, well, absolutely. I have that. I just had to look through, I don't know. I still have all my CDs. And I remember Matt, Matt uh, getting rid of his CDs. And I felt like that was such a, it was painful for me to watch. He digitized his whole collection back in 2006 and I was pained by it, but I still have my CDs and I only have, again, I don't have that many. I just kept the ones that I loved and I threw out ones I didn't like. I just, I just, I got rid of them. I'm a busy mother of two, and I'm currently trying to conceive a third child outside of wedlock. For my kids, the only drink that will do is the yummy mixture of apricot, prune, and canola oil found in every glass of beef. What? 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 <laughs> well, nothing Nothing gets things rolling. Uh, it keeps the energy up like a good It keeps glass. you regular. I love it. Um, so well, well, here we go. We're going on to um, 
Are we only yeah. on song number two S- now? Second song of the evening. Wow. We're, there's so many good stories. We're, we're it's, it's awesome. It. We're yeah, rocking like it. it. it it's, yeah. uh, we got some good stuff. So, Jim, second song of the evening. What do you got for us? Well, gentlemen, tonight I've got for my second song, um, uh, it's a band called, and they're brand new. Uh, I only heard about them. Um, so this is my new um, offering, but I only heard about them about a week ago. They're called Iron Tusk. And they're a punk rock band from the Siksika territory in Alberta, just east of Calgary. And um, part of sort of my mental health regimen during COVID is uh, I go out and I walk in the woods with my twin brother's dog. And um, when we were coming back, I was driving back from the woods and spoke, I don't know, 20 minute drive. And I had CBC sort of midday CBC um, radio one on and, um, Normally, um, and I don't tell this from a, a sort of a, a critical perspective, but uh, just to illuminate a point, normally mid, mid-afternoon mid CBC Radio 1 weekday is kind of sleepy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jared Martineau's show, Reclaimed, was on, and he was playing these back-to-back, just like grinding punk rock, Aboriginal punk rock bands. It was awesome and um he played this one in particular iron band called iron tusk with this song called cloud eater and it like every now and then a band comes along and it makes me feel uh like a teenager again going through my older brother's cassette collection and you know pulling up tapes like it reminds me of the beginning of it reminds me of like old agent orange or even like circle jerks and um I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. And it was actually for the first time in a while, sort of this midday public broadcaster was actually energizing me. And it just made me kind of super happy and super excited. Um, John, the reason why I'm including this for sure is because it kind of dovetails with uh, what we called my retirement party in Liverpool, England there. And we saw fucked up at the Casimir. <laughs> but I remember the first time I saw the band fucked up or, or, or heard them I was, I was, you know, it, it, this, this uh, Iron Tusk song made me feel like this. I was, I was sitting with my twin brother in his house and he put the record on the chemistry of common life. And I remember just sitting there and just thinking like, what is this? This is some of the coolest, coolest music I've ever heard. And I was about 30 years old um, and just immediately just a fanboy for the spirit behind it. John and I saw, we were at a, a, festival called Liverpool Sound City um, years later and uh, we ended up seeing Fucked Up and it's just this this song reminds me of the spirit that they had in those in those songs so always gives me the tingles Um, Iron Tusk Cloud Eater brand new track 2020 from their EP Iron Tusk 3 Dream Eaters so awesome Loved it. John, thoughts? Um, <laughs> John, thoughts. Jim, Jim, now. Jim, Jim knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> like when this kind of stuff came out in the van, I just kind of, I just kind of glaze over. Um, 
Now, that being said, I think it's incredible. Uh, it's dope. It's it's 100% pure. But yeah, for me, it just does not register in my nerve cells in terms of, uh, there's you know, with respect to tingles or what have you, there's just nothing. I feel nothing when I hear it. Um, and uh, and I'm sorry, Jim. No, but I, I'm, I think it's an incredible choice. As a music no. editor, uh, I, yeah, I love it. I, yeah, I, I didn't feel anything from that. Um, much like when you threw on the Deftones in the van. I respect your your comments and uh, I reciprocate the uh, the deference that you showed me in your delicate way you put it. But I, I knew I was taking a risk by including that one. Um, and there's no real way for me to talk about it without it sort of being kind of hyperbolic. But it's just there's a deconstruction with that kind of music. And mm -hmm. I just find when I listen to it, nothing matters. It's like raw emotion, yada, yada. Had to do it, had to do it, but yeah, I I could have uh, I could have predicted your response in my life. Great choice, though, and I'm and I and I respect that you picked it because you knew that I'm more into melody and stuff like that and, and harmony. But uh, I think that's incredible. Or, you know, I do love some punk rock, but uh, that just didn't uh, yeah hit yeah. on those those on that level for me. Yeah, Bob, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with John on this one just because I think it's probably like with John, um this it doesn't it doesn't feel it doesn't hit in that space for me and i and i probably be doing it an injustice if i didn't go back and and listen to it again knowing the lyric content because i think i one of my one of my tingles uh tracks uh in another episode was an idols track which is you know punk and and rock and and heavy as shit and um i think because i knew the background of that particular song i could really resonate with it in terms of like what it means and what what the content was in there, mm -hmm. um, but for me, yeah, like uh, it it doesn't have um, it just doesn't doesn't hit those notes for me. But I I, I enjoy it. I always enjoy it. But it didn't uh, it didn't give me the tingles this time around, Jim. No, it's okay. But great <laughs> great choice, great choice. I like the spectrum you're bringing, Mike. <laughs> this song takes me back to. Um, the early nineties, a couple of friends that I hung around with at the time were into um, metal. And I don't mean the hair metal that was prevalent at the time, but in, into like sort of proper metal and punk music, a lot of punk music. So we listened to, I guess, some of the heavyweights of, of the era or of the genre. So um, Sex Pistols, of course, Dead Kennedys, Dead Milkmen, things like that. And it was always fun music we we would it was usually music we put on when we were sitting around having a few drinks before we were getting ready to go out or go downtown or maybe we were just going to stay in and have a rocking night but it was usually the music we put on when we were getting ourselves sort of pumped up to do something um the unfortunate thing is i don't get a chance to listen to a lot of that music much anymore because i can't listen to even though i work from home like most people these days i, I can't listen to that when i'm working because there's just too much energy. So I can't focus on work and listen to that. I need something sort of quiet in the background. Um, I can't listen to it when I'm out with friends because most of my friends are into that music. Um, I can't listen to it when I'm at a cottage because people want to listen to something a little bit more relaxing. So it's really like when I'm in the shower or when I'm doing the dishes or something mundane like that, that I can put that on and really enjoy it and really get into that music again. Um, 
but I have to be in a certain mood for that music. Now tonight I was in the mood, mood for that type of music that, and, and I really like some of the aspects of that, the, all the false starts or false endings. Um, yeah. Every time it, there were several where it's like, okay, it's gotta be over now. And then they would kick in with something else. There's a drum break um, about two thirds of the way through. And I almost thought the song was ending before the drum break. And then they go into a drum break. It was quite long for a punk song. Cause typically they're, mm-hmm. you know, a minute and a half, two and a half minutes long. Um, Having said that, I, I'm going to echo what um, Bob and John had to say in terms of I get I get a nice uh, kind of warm feeling in terms of memories from that song. Um, I typically don't get sort of tingles from a a punk song. They're lots of fun. They're they're great to like I said have have a have a few drinks to and get yourself ready for the night. Um, I wish I had time or or the opportunity or the space to listen to more of that. Maybe it's something I should start putting on in the car more when I'm driving around. Um, but I'm, I'm going to, um, I'm going to sort of give a neutral thumb on that one. I, I like, I like the memory, the, the, the thoughts that, that come back to me from that song. Um, but like I said, typically a punk song doesn't really give me tingles per se. So I'm sort of midway on that one. Thanks. Can I just add something, Bob? Um, yeah, man. Uh, like, time. So from my experience, um, playing, touring and playing a decent amount, uh, you know, you stumble on these bands on a weird festival bill, or mm-hmm. I'm thinking particularly of like Cloud Nothings or Pop at this moment, or Fucked Up when I saw Fucked Up in England with Jim. And something for, for me, seeing those bands live, there's this kind of instant mm-hmm. recognition of art that is honest and immediate and, and right. And, yeah. I, and I hear that in that band. Agreed. We're getting I, towards thumbs up territory here, boys. Yeah, <laughs> right. and, I, and, and I hear that in that band. It's like, if I saw that lot, you'd feel, I feel it. Oh, like yeah. I remember seeing Pup. I don't listen to Pup, not really in my zone of interest in terms of musical interest. But when I saw them live, I was like, I get, I get it. Wow. You know, it's like, it's just, it's just all there. Um, it's just not a, it's not a paint color that I gravitate towards. I I think that's an interesting point because, yeah. you know, if you looked at the traits of the songs that go back in time and the people that we've had on the show and the things that have come to the forefront, you know, I mean, it's all fine and well to, for me to sit over here and be like, that didn't give me the tingles, but it gives you the tingles, Jim. Mm-hmm. And so like, there is a spectrum of music where it's like, what are the, is there common traits that give people that feeling, but it doesn't feel like it, it is common traits as much as it's you know this person gets this from this and this from this and that's why like for me metal has never been a thing it's never been that thing that i gravitate or listen to it's just not it's my my stuff is more in the spectrum of like you know the atmospheric stuff we've been listening to even from your first track or 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 john's first track Mm -hmm. that's where i play but i'm always fascinated of like that's not where everybody plays because there's this whole thing, you know, I've got a guy in my office who goes to like every dream theater concert he can get his hands on. And I'm like, I try and listen. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's just not for me. I can't get into it, but it isn't for everybody. So that's pretty cool. It's just like, I I think that's, that's, Mm. that's part of the magic of this is, is unearthing that, that kind of stuff. The average rating for that show, the producer has just told us, uh, is a four out of ten, and ever dreamed for that song, not the show. The show, is, yeah. the show is going to get a ten out of ten, but and the, the show's going to get a ten out of ten. But um, we, this is what you hear with a thumbs down, so it's not all that bad. What are you going to cry now? 
Come on, cry, baby. Cry for me. Come on. Cry. Jim, wonderful choice. Uh, just didn't get the votes you needed. Um, but we're going over to John. Johnny's going to come back with something. Uh, what's it going to be, John? Okay, so I have a predilection for for the kind of music that we've just talked about throughout the show, as you know, and and, and the music that I make. But um, intertwined with that is is a is a love of pop music and and contemporary music. I um, I heard you guys mention on another show that I checked out before I came on the podcast about like what do you listen to or how do you find new music and and uh and that made me think about how i listen to music is is i kind of listen to music like with where i'm at and every day i look for a new song so not not like every actual day but like every year i'm looking for new music so i don't like going back that much i find a lot of the music that i thought was my favorite music of all time in the 1990s does not hold much weight for me today and i i'm weird because i didn't know at the time, because the the context of the lens was much smaller. So in the 90s, I thought, oh, I like 90s music. But mm. then the 2000s came, and I liked early 2000s music. And 2010 came, I liked 2010 music, music and so on. And so and I realized uh, just time revealed this to me that I just like what's happening now. I, and that's my go-to when I put things on, I have my nostalgic songs that come out of the, uh, the, the, um, the back catalog or, or, you know, uh, Apple music playlist that I've made of, of stuff from, from the nineties and so on. And I love some of that music, but I, I'm really obsessed with what is being made today. Cause I feel like it speaks to me and it speaks to my sensibilities of it, it reflects what's happening today in the world. So even in subtle ways. So that's something I realized about myself and, and I um, don't hold music of the past as dear as I thought I did. That being said, I've been getting into a lot of singers from um, Scandinavia over the years, and, and Sigur Rós is one example. And um, another person named Sigrid, I fell in love with her record from two years ago, a year ago, I think. And I realized there's a there's a certain palette to Scandinavian, Norwegian, Swedish music, and a, a lot of I'm sure a lot of us have listened to Swedish indie pop bands like Shed Out Louds or. The Mary Winnettes and the list goes on for me. Labrador Records crew um, have made so many great records uh, over the years. Shout out Louds. Oh my gosh. So I good. That record. So, so good. Yeah. And so I found this song by, this is a singer named Dagny and she's Norwegian like Sigrid. And this song came out last year and it, it's just got this immediacy. Uh, it's pop. But what I love about Scandinavian pop music is they're not afraid to have minor melodies and there's a little more acoustic information it's not just vacuum sealed the way a lot of american pop music is produced um doesn't use a lot of acoustic instruments or a reverb it's a little more uh, immediate that way so this, this norwegian palette has um some of that british kind of palette we've, we've been listening to tonight and so this song is, is just a pop song that i've been in love with called come over and, and what i want you guys to listen to when you hear this song is listen to every single second in this song or every five seconds has a hook and it might be in the background. It might be just the, yeah, that she throws in the background underneath um, or at the end of another counter melody. And it's incredible to me. And, and, and so this is a perfect song for me. There's nothing wrong with the song and I'm in love with it. So tell me why we're wasting time. We both know we want to get in closer. Cause baby, when I think about you, I come alive. You should come on.
God damn it, that song. <laughs> what the hell is that? Who comes up with that? Jim, it's your first pass. You got to get a first shot. All right. Gentlemen, I'm going to take the high road here. And as much as I'd like to uh, <laughs> play a strategic game where I opponent, uh, I'm a man of principle. And uh, as such, my comments are, John, John Mullane, when it comes to good pop music, no matter where it comes from, we love the jangly stuff. We love the really syrupy kind of pop stuff, which is what I hear. Um, we love it, it, like and you mentioned all those micro melodies and stuff from 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 one point to the next in the song, all there. Um, would I? John recommend we pass. He he passes more songs my way than I do his, just because I think not totally true. We we do fifty fifty almost. Yeah, okay, fifty fifty. Most of them turn into some of my favorite songs, but um, this one I would listen to a couple more times, but it wouldn't make it into my list. However, I'll keep my comments short, gentlemen. I'm giving a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> giving a thumbs up. It's you on- really did take the high road on that one. Well, and it's an it's a great tune. And if it you know if I was driving in the car or if I was partying with my friends and this song came on, yeah, it'd be great. It would pump me up. It would mm-hmm. uh, definitely be good. So yeah, thumbs up. I can't give it a thumbs down. Robert Mills, tell us. Oh man, I'm such a sucker for this stuff too. I I love um, what did you say? Syrupy? Like there's like the the delays and the reverbs on the vocals, and it's perfectly crafted, and it's all perfectly crafted on like the perfect throbbing bass line that sounds so good. And we just came from a song that I can barely make out the lyrics, Jim, and that's not to say that that wasn't a great song. I'd have to go back, but to this, you can't not make out the lyrics it's so it's so in your face there's no mystery about the lyrics but it just sounds so so good so uh a few episodes back i'd like i played an aurora track and um that aurora track gave me the same feeling that this track did and then also there's a bunch of robin tracks and a bunch of carly ray jepson tracks that all they're perfectly crafted pop songs and they sound great and um, and I, I really like electronic music as well. So I like I like that spectrum of sounds, and they just do such a great job of it. And I have no idea how you'd produce a track like that. Although you know, it, it's like it feels very computer. Like I'm going to do this on my computer, but it it sounds so much bigger than that, and so much more alive because of the reverbs and the textures and all that kind of stuff. I eat that stuff up, man. So yeah, you guys can keep sending me tracks like that. <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie; it's not gonna be the one I'm like, "Hey, dudes, you guys should check this song out." Like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> but I will dance to to that song with my kids upstairs a thousand days over. So bring it up. It, it's funny because that song is the first song my daughter started singing along to. So she, was oh yeah, two, oh, yeah. and she'd say, "They say, can you can you put on Chickamanova?" and i'd be like yeah sure and she just sing that part and she's only two and a half when she starts singing along to music and uh it's pretty it was pretty special so for me that that has a bit of a nostalgic element already um uh you know a year later but uh yeah i just love that kind of work it's just something about the urgency and uh 
not that I'm trying to sell you guys on this, just just because I get to don't get to talk about this that much. Uh, please allow me this moment. <laughs> um, I I do love triplets over four, so that's that's that. Uh, you yes. know that's yeah. that's Carly Rae's Carly Rae Jepsen. That's yep. um, Rosanna by Toto. It's like mm-hmm. there's just something about that tempo, and 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 I want to do something in that range. Um, in that that kind of triplets over four, and I've worked triplets on a couple over songs. Four. Okay, cool. I've that's worked great. on a couple songs like that um, that have that here from some other bands um, in in my studio. But I just love there's some, something about that epicness of that that style of uh, that rhythm, um, which I really love. Michael, uh, I really liked it. I'm the same as everyone who's spoken so far in terms of being a sucker for a finely crafted pop song. We've talked about this on the show before. Um, it's almost like uh, similar to Jim's song, but on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of, you know, Jim's is obviously uh, a fun sort of high energy uh, punk song. And now you've got this sort of fun, high energy pop song, totally opposite ends of the spectrum. The The vast majority of people who like, uh, John's song are not going to like Jim's song and, and probably vice versa. Um, but, but I can dig both of them. And I, and I, like I said, I'm a sucker for a, a finely crafted pop song. And and one thing that's becoming kind of clear over the, however many episodes we've done is we have a real um, sort of bent towards Scandinavian music for some reason. Like we play sure. a lot of Scandinavian music on this show. Uh, we haven't played Aha yet, or Abba. Oh, no, we did play Abba at least once. But uh, Take On Me was not played on the show? I don't think we have played uh, Aha yet, no. Well, it's a mistake. So okay. that, that's that's an oversight on our part, <laughs> uh, obviously. Um, we may have to change this to like kind of a history of Scandinavian pop music, maybe at some point. <laughs> There's something about... Uh... I've noticed this in my travels, like uh, um, in terms of music travels and stuff. And like, there's something about island nations and, and like, like England and Ireland, there's a certain ache and, and you, mm-hmm. you hear it in, in Iceland and you hear it in Scandinavia. And I think Canadians and especially Atlantic Canadians uh, who uh, you know, are steeped in the kind of British tradition of music, I really connect with that. And mm-hmm. I noticed like playing our songs in Ireland really made a lot of sense to Irish people. Um, mm-hmm. Just my the type of music i was writing it's right in right in the right in the the wheelhouse there I, i'm gonna give that a thumbs up i'm gonna give it a thumbs up i really like that song all right well we got it we got a score in here uh i can see our producer's been really like manhandling that calculator over there trying to work <laughs> things out it's, all, it's a lot of numbers he's it's got this big abacus it's like gigantic <laughs> and he's sliding plus. beads back and forth <laughs> And sometimes he needs like two people to slide the beads. Yeah, it's a lot of beads. Okay, there's a lot of beads. There's a lot of numbers to work. This song has received an average rating. Drum roll, please. 7.34 out of 10 from the panel. That's a thumbs up. When you feel a tear in your eye, then it's okay. It's okay to cry. And for that, John, you're going to get not only a song number three of the evening, you're going to get oh, a big purple shit. dinosaur for your kids. Matt's going to send it to you. Uh, the producer's going to send that to you in the mail. It's going to be six foot tall. So okay, it's right. going to be 200 quite, pounds. quite something. We've got uh, we've got the final scores. And uh, to, to, well, we'll reveal who's going to win here. But I think uh, 
Uh, I think we've got a good idea. John wins with a combined average rating of 14.84. Thanks for the decimal points, okay? (laughs) 14.84 out of a potential of 20 points, which makes no sense, okay? (laughs) There's no way it's out of 20 points, but whatever. Jim played a great game. Jim played a great game, but ended up with a combined average rate of 12.75 out of a potential 20 points, which makes also no sense because we all sub- submit more Very than nice. the winner. And the the uh, the crown goes to you, John. Tonight, you get a chance to do the big song number three. Uh, so we're going back to you for that. Well, thank you for these, uh, this uh, wonderful... It's quite a title. Moment. I will put it in in my bio. <laughs> yeah, uh, can you, yeah, you might want to update the bio. You just underneath dad. And poutine and poutine connoisseur. That's and if you could update the beep wiki page um, yes. with this information, that would be much uh, appreciated too. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, this Positive. is a this is a fun song. It's a it's a pretty obvious one. I didn't see it on your other playlists. Um, I didn't want to repeat anything. Hopefully it, it isn't on there. But uh Jim and I both love this band and had a special trip to see them in Portland, uh, Maine. That's the name of that state. I was going to say Oregon, but we've never been there. Um, Yeah. So here's a song that just for me is the most epic thing you can put on stereo channel left and right. Um, He's a genius. Uh, This is us. This is reunion by M83. The old M83. Jim, how does that make you feel, M83? Well, permit me a few words, gents, if you would. You've got them. Uh, I'll, uh, before I give my honest opinion uh, about that tune, I will let the uh, listeners know what they uh, missed out on had I won. Uh, <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> if I may, it was the uh, indomitable Rosie Vallant from uh, Montreal and her cover of of, uh, oh my God, who's she covering? She does a song called Des Enchantés and it's incredible. But had I not selected that one for a winning tune, I damn well would have selected the one that John just selected. That tune kills. It is so exciting. It was just as exciting live to see with them. Um, Yeah, there's nothing better. That song's a 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, thumbs up all the way through, 100%. A triple 10, a triple 10. Michael, your <laughs> vote. I think that song would be incredible to hear live and see performed live. Um, I don't think we've played M83 on our show before. It has not been played. No, which really surprises me because it sort of fits the genre that we, that, that, that area that we sort of play in most of the time. Um, I really like that song. There is the, uh, I'll say the spoken word part in the middle of the song, I guess, uh, that reminds me of the spoken word. In fact, it's very similar to the spoken word part in uh, Joel Plaskett's song, uh, The Instrumental, off of um, Ashtray Rock. Uh, It just reminds me of that 
female voice kind of speaking sort of behind the music. You're sort of trying to strain a little bit to hear what they're saying. Uh, same kind of general feel. Um, anyway, great, great song. Another great energy song. One of those songs that you can put on if you're getting ready to go out for the night, if you're trying to get yourself pumped up for one thing or another, just great energy in the song. Would love to see that performed live sometime. It's a thumbs up for me. I would love to see M83 live. I was I was really into that record. Hurry up, hurry up! I'm dreaming. I think is the uh, mm-hmm. is the name. And there was a bunch of songs on that that you could have played. And I probably would have mm-hmm. said yes to. Um, how like before I give my vote? How was that show? Like, is he? I don't. I've never seen any footage of him playing live. Uh, he's a solo artist, right? And he ha- must have a band. Yeah, he he had Anthony Gonzalez. He had he has a band that he tours with, and it's kind of the same people. But there was something about that show. And listen, um, I don't think this is overstating it. We've seen thousands of shows because when you tour with bands, you see three shows a night, and you go to another show the nights that you're off, and you go to festivals, and you see twenty shows in a festival. Um, and I think that was the best sounding show I have yeah. ever heard. It would the, have to be the, really well or, organized to like get yeah. the amount of sound out so it doesn't become a complete like it's it, it's borderline chaos like it's almost that shoegaze chaos but it has to be perfectly mixed. There was something about it yeah that it, when it was the state theater in Portland um notwithstanding that Jim and I went on a special trip together and I surprised them and told them because we were going down to pick up a, a a keyboard for the band that we needed to to tour with. Uh, in the states, so it was a kind of like a Kijiji trip. But then I found that M83 was playing, and I surprised him with this this thing, and he was he was over the moon, obviously. But like, there's something about the state theater and their ability to get things just sounding, and the sound people that tour with these people are they're incredible. Uh, and it, I've never heard a, a show sound better for sure. Um, well, I'm glad we got you guys. Uh, hopefully, it feels like you got back together and you could you, you got a chance to listen to some music together. And we yeah. really appreciate yeah. you guys coming on. This was. Uh, I, you know, I think you guys brought some some great stuff that we can now add to our playlist. And uh, that's what it's all about. It's just right. finding out what, what gives other people the vibes. And we got some good ones tonight. No, pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. This is awesome. This is yeah, really- thanks for having us. Before we go, Jim, do you have anything you want to plug? Anything you're working on these days you want to tell everybody about? I don't think so. I, I have a hard time talking about myself. So, yeah, I, I don't really have that much to say. I'm just uh, glad to continually meet amazing people by knowing amazing people, John and, and, and your producer, Matt, um, producer just, yeah, I believe in in this kind of stuff. I believe in people exchanging ideas and, and making projects work. It's awesome. Mm. Thank you. It's a lot of fun. John, how about yourself? Anything you want to promote? Anything you want to plug? What are you working on these days? Um, Anything you want to say about Jim because he (laughs) won't talk about himself. Uh, Jim, Jim is, is a King, uh, King among men. Um, I, uh, I have a few songs coming out with some bands I'm working on. So you can look for singles from, uh, local bands, uh, most, mostly local bands, uh, honeymoon driver here in Halifax, uh, good dear. Good has a new song coming out. Um, hello, Delaware has a new song coming out. Uh, I'm trying to think this is band in, 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 I know you guys would really love from the UK I'm working with called Beverly moon. It's kind of like in the tame Impala. Um, that's a record that I'm mixing and that will be coming out sometime soon. And just, yeah, really beautiful stuff. Wild, nothing tame Impala kind of thing. And uh, just, yeah, just always just putting songs out as, as they get done. Anything brewing on the in-flight safety front? At all? Not so much. So Glenn and I both have small children and uh, 
and I can't seem to book off the uh, 17 months we'd probably need to, yeah. <laughs> without pay yeah. uh, to make a record to then maybe get paid. Um, but I'm working on some remixes from the Coast is Clear record. Mm. So I've got a couple nice. songs done and was hoping to get it done this year uh, before the pandemic hit and things kind of got a bit weird. But uh, I've got a couple songs mixed already. Um, you know, with modern techniques and things. And the, when that record came out, it wasn't ever really mixed. It was just kind of finished. We just pressed done. So, um, yeah, that's exciting. So there'll be like a special edition of that at some point. With them. Cool. Well, I think, boys, we're, we're at the end of the road here for the evening and everybody uh, can get off to sleep and finish uh, drinking your teas and beers and all that good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> thank you uh, for coming on today. We really appreciate it. And hopefully we guys we can have you guys on for, for another uh another event who knows maybe the format will change to scandinavian only for the next 12 months but we'll see yeah. um but thanks again guys really appreciate it yeah, thank you guys absolutely thanks for having us yeah it's great really enjoyed it thanks guys so because our producer doesn't pay us any money and we're essentially chained to our microphones we require help isn't that right mike that's right bob none of this would be possible if it wasn't for the generous donation of time by our rock star audio engineer pat tiani and I guess we should probably thank the producer. Oh, man, do we have to thank him? Well, I guess we better. Okay, well, if you enjoy this podcast, do us a solid. Tell your friends, your family, your wife, your husband, your aunts, your uncles, your mistress, your mister, <laughs> that guy with the really bad dandruff that sat in front of you in English class in junior high. You get the idea. And we're always looking for great people to be on our show. If you think you have what it takes to give us the tingles, uh, reach out to us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at The Tingles FM. And Mike, what else are we looking for? Subscribe, rate, and write us a good review. 